This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Hi, Jenny Jacobs. Today's podcast, we talked to David Fisher, who is the executive director of the Broadway Center, and he came to us to talk to us about Proposition 1, Tacoma Creates. Just vote for the damn thing, people. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I don't feel like I knew that much about it, but we're going to properly fund the arts in Tacoma. And he has been working on this for 12 years and has a firm grasp on what it is they're trying to accomplish with this. And it's pretty Damn, cool. I've said damn twice now, and I don't mind it a bit. You guys, seriously, please listen in. Please educate yourself about Prop 1. Please tell everyone to vote for it. What would it be if in Tacoma we had funded arts? Can you imagine how much that would improve our community? And science and heritage. And science and heritage. Don't forget those that are also part of it. It's just going to benefit our community in so many ways. And we normally don't talk this long, but I really want you to listen to it, so... Do it. (laughs) Welcome, David Fisher, to the Citizen Tacoma podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you here. You are here to talk about Proposition 1, which is called Tacoma Creates. Yes, I am. What is that? Please tell us. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Tacoma Creates uh, has been in the making for 12 years, Mm. and it started uh, in 2005-06 with an initiative idea from uh, the Puget Sound Regional Council, which is a four-county-wide business, uh, economic development, government Hmm. think tank. Okay. And they were uh, working on a strategic plan to advance ideas uh, to grow jobs, to grow uh, business development and uh, work in the ecology side to help clean up the environment, as well as strengthening uh, quality of life. And under that strengthening quality of life uh, umbrella came this idea uh, that they wanted to have a taxing authority that uh, would help support uh, nonprofit arts, heritage, and science organizations, but also to do it in a way that was delivering service and making an impact in communities. Mm -hmm. So uh, they got a group of us together, and I jumped in in 2006. So yes, I'd like to say I've been working on this (laughs) since the Eisenhower administration, Mm -hmm. but um, we began working on it on a statewide basis to help draft the uh, enabling legislation, essentially. That took a while. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to do anything quickly in (laughs) Olympia, but it doesn't really work that way. So uh, we began working with legislators from all over the state, uh, and then the recession hit. Mm. Uh, And so we took a few steps back, let things calm down. And then in about uh, 2010, we began working in earnest again 
with our legislators. What ended up in 2015 was a state law mm. that had incredible bipartisan support, uh, had uh, overwhelming yes votes in both chambers of the uh, legislature, and then was signed by the governor in July of 2015. That then gave us uh, all uh, within our local communities a blueprint. Mm. And here in Tacoma, we got to work uh, then okay. to go out into the neighborhoods and talk to people about, well, what would they like us to do? Hmm. Yeah. So we've been working on it since then. And why is it important? Well, uh, you well, know. We... I feel like I still don't understand. Okay. But before we get to important. Sure. This is a one half of 1%. Sales tax? No, it's no. a one tenth of one percent sales tax. One tenth of one so percent sales translates tax translates to a penny on every ten dollars. Okay. And the uh, big brains in the city's economic uh, tax system have determined that that is an average of thirteen dollars per household per year. So that's about the price of a movie ticket per household per year. And what will we get with that right. $13? So when we went out to these neighborhoods, um, we heard from folks all across the city, we want things that are for youth. We want things that are in our neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. we want more and easier access uh, to the great cultural and heritage work that is around Tacoma. So uh, we kept talking, kept processing on that, and that's pretty much how we've uh, developed the program. It has three impact areas. The first impact area is uh, youth programs after school on school campuses in neighborhoods throughout the city of Tacoma. Hmm. Uh, we're doing it after school primarily because the school district said that's where we want to have extended learning. We want to have kids uh, and students have more time to stay engaged with each other mm -hmm. and uh, learn new things. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're an arts heritage or science nonprofit, you can be working on those campus and deliver program to those students. That's one impact area. The next impact uh, area is to be working in neighborhoods. And the way we've designed it is these same nonprofits can go out and partner with local business districts and local street fairs and festivals and farmers markets and things like that to help bring new content to those, help energize them with new program within those street fairs, but also to put their marketing muscle uh, behind those street fairs and shine a light so that we kind of are cross-pollinating uh, around different neighborhoods mm -hmm. to come and visit and experience the Lincoln District or the South End or Browns Point. Mm -hmm. So that's the second impact area. And then the third impact area is to create greater access for the amazing cultural experiences that we have here in Tacoma by providing free or reduced price tickets and uh, admission to all of the different uh, programs. So you can come to wherever they may be, 6th Avenue for uh, Tacoma Musical Playhouse or downtown for the Broadway Center or the museums or elsewhere all around the city. Hmm. So how much revenue will this possibly generate and sure. then how will it be distributed? Yes. Uh, it's uh, estimated to generate about $5 million a year. Wow. Now, I want to put that into perspective. Um, the 
state of Washington right now ranks 46th in the United States per capita for investment in arts programs. 46. 46 statewide, right? Now, here in Tacoma, we do uh, a little better than that. Um, mm. But still, the funds that come into the Tacoma Arts Commission currently are very limited and modest. They're trying to spread that fund uh, across uh, the entire city. And it only goes so far, hmm. you know. So what we've worked with the Tacoma Arts Commission on is, all right, if this new fund were available to be working in arts, heritage, and science nonprofits, what the, the dollars that you currently have, how might they be redistributed so that you can have even greater impact mm -hmm. and all boats will rise? And so we're talking to them now about that kind of redistribution that may come in the form of um, grassroots startup uh, support from the Tacoma Arts Commission outside of this fund mm -hmm. uh, and uh, maybe more murals, more individual artists work, stuff like that. For the Tacoma Creates Fund, uh, City Council – We'll set up an uh, advisory board uh, with citizens from all over the city to help make sure that our promises are being met. Mm. And uh, they will oversee the distribution of the fund. The fund will actually be managed on an um, execution and contract basis uh, through the Tacoma Arts uh, Office of uh, cultural vitality, and that's essentially so. It won't be the Tacoma Arts Commission, mm -hmm. but it'll be an expansion of that staff. And that way, we're keeping our overhead down. We're not, yeah. uh, not starting up a brand-new administrative already uh, exists. system. Exactly. It'll be expanding, yeah. but we won't have to pay for every little penny of uh, startup on that stuff. So that's good. Um, some of the other things that we're really pleased with in the fund is there'll be an additional carve-out for youth uh, transit and youth mobility to help mm. support student uh, access for bus passes and uh, maybe even some going to uh, help pay for uh, school district buses uh, to get students off campus because one of the most expensive things for a field trip these yes. days is a bus. Yes. So this will <laughs> help support all of that. We're excited about that. And then uh, one final piece in this uh, distribution is that uh, – about 6 or 7% of the fund will be focused on technical assistance for nonprofits. So mm. teaching nonprofits how to do a better job marketing, how to do a better job hiring, particularly with uh, equity and diversity in mind, mm. how to do a better job recruiting board members, particularly with equity and diversity in mind, um, but also how to do things like collaborate better on marketing, uh, be more efficient in back office, uh, help right. support them. Many of these staffs are small. Help support them through HR management and things like that. So technical assistance to help get them to be stronger and better at the work that they do. Hmm. Well, this sounds really amazing. Is it being um, copied off of uh, something already working in a different city? Yeah, or? I'm glad you asked that question. Um, sure. During the uh, period before we got it through the state legislature, uh, through the state legislature, we studied uh, success stories all around the United yeah. States. The biggest and longest uh, lived one is in Denver, Colorado. Hmm. And this is a um, program called Arts to Zoo. And it uh, focuses uh, on four counties and is somewhat structured the same, except they have 
a tiered distribution system, meaning the large agencies get m the majority of the funding and the smaller agencies get less. Mm. Uh, we did not set it up that way. This is a competitive process, so the best ideas are going to get funded. Um, you asked me how it would be distributed here locally. Um, there will be two ways for a nonprofit to apply. Uh, they could apply for a project grant, and if they do that, they have to work in one of these three impact areas, either uh, after-school neighborhoods or access. Mm -hmm. And if they've got a really great uh, idea for a project, they could get funded up to $50,000 to do that project. Wow. That's significant money, <laughs> yeah, uh, especially for a small agency, right? Yeah. Or they could apply for a general operating grant to help support all of what they do. But if they do that, they have to be working significantly in all three impact areas, both after school, neighborhood service, and access. Mm. And if they do that and go through the competitive process, then they could receive as much as 15% of their annual operating budget. Wow. So it's significant and incredibly helpful and a kind of sustaining uh, compact between uh, the cultural sector and the citizens to say, hey, if we deliver these services and you like them, then compensate us for that so that we can keep going. And that will create kind of a sustaining basis for many of these arts agencies to do good work out in the, out in the neighborhoods. Hmm. So there must be some study or data that's accessible from other communities that have done this. Mm -hmm. And what a number like $5 million in arts funding, what, what, what kind of impact does that end up having in the community? Well, every program is slightly different. We're going to have to see how it uh, lives and breathes here. The promise to, to Comans is that um, this is going to sunset. So it, this is not a forever thing. Mm -hmm. And these agencies and the whole system run... Uh, by this advisory board in the Office of Cultural Vitality. It has to deliver because it sunsets after seven years. Now, okay. it can be renewed, and it would go back to the voters for that renewal. But we're kind of happy about that because it's going to keep everybody on their toes. They're going to have right. to deliver if we expect to have it renewed. So that feels like a good virtuous circle of, uh, yeah. of support there. In terms of the impact in other communities, there are things that we know. It does help, absolutely will help boost test scores to have this extended learning and the kind of connectivity with student uh, and student thinking. The w way I like to talk about that is uh, we all as humans have um, different modes of absorbing information. Some mm -hmm. of us are visual, some of us are uh, oral and uh, listening, some of us uh, are verbal, and some of us are kinesthetic, uh, movement-focused. What do you know? Uh, the arts uh, activate all of those. And right. so it's a way of teaching not for art's sake, but through the arts to help deepen learning and impact uh, for student understanding. So we know that that's a big deal and mm. that people uh, and their learning go deeper that way. Mm. I think I think most people are, are associating this with the arts and you're talking about the arts and creativity, but mm -hmm. you keep uh, every once in a while you drop in that sciencey, that sure. sciencey word. So can can you tell talk to me more about that? Thanks, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
In the science area, it could uh, include uh, robotics. It could include uh, key STEM learning provided by uh, different agencies. For instance, uh, the LeMay Car Museum has an amazing uh, series of teachings that they have uh, for STEM learning. It could include uh, botany and uh, practicing uh, cultivation of gardens and things like that. And it could include uh, providing services in environmental cleanup and environmental stewardship. It could include things like the Audubon Society and husbandry and things like that. So that's in the science area. And then in the heritage area, that is, of course, uh, understanding and appreciating the history uh, that we all have here. So that's everything from the Job Carr Museum to the Buffalo Soldiers Museum. Right. Yeah. Mm. You sound like you've been thinking about this for like a dozen years or something. Just a dozen years, exactly, yeah. So then on the economic impact side, we know from uh, places like Denver, and by the way, there are other communities, the entire state of Minneapolis has adopted program like this, uh, St. Louis, Washington, D.C., Charlotte, North Carolina, um, uh, Parts of uh, different districts of Kentucky, et cetera, have all adopted mm. this. And not only are they seeing the uh, impact uh, of this on student life, um, they're seeing it on – and this for me is one of the most important things. So you asked you a few minutes ago, why is this important? I'm going to interrupt myself and say yeah. this is important, at least from my perspective, because we're so isolated anymore and uh, electronic screens and devices and uh, news media uh, are not bringing us together. They're, they're isolating us and they're dividing us. The kinds of programs that this will help fund will be public convening. They will be bringing people together in real time to connect, to engage in ideas, to engage with one another. And that's where we see the biggest impact. It's basically strengthening the social fabric of our community across every neighborhood, across every age group, and across every social demographic. And if we can do that, we have faith uh, that we're going to uplift our community and make us stronger and smarter to do other things too. And mm. we like that idea. Mm. Plus, there is an economic benefit from this as well. So it means more jobs. Uh, actually, more tax revenues collected in that are uh, then are distributed, and so that's uh, a net gain, which is going to give uh, city government even greater capacity to do other things. Hmm. Not to mention, these are dark times, and artistic endeavors can be uplifting in many ways. Well, we think engaging empathy is a good thing, right? You know, and uh, the nonprofit sector does uh, that uh, better than almost anybody else. Mm. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 Network. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. Alaska is our hometown airline. They remember the TAC and SeaTac, if you know what I mean. Just the other day, I saw Alaska running an ad in a local magazine with the tagline, Fly Like the Mountain is Out. If Alaska Airlines can be South Sound proud, we can be too and choose our local airline. I know of people who work at Alaska. I bet you do too. Sometimes I see them when I fly, and sometimes I see them out and about enjoying life in the 253. And what's awesome is Alaska is the best airline around. Local and the best way to fly, that's an easy choice to make. 
I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. And we're back. So all of this sounds real wonderful to Doug and I as the flaming, bleeding heart liberals that we are. (laughs) But um, what would you say to opponents of this measure, people who suggest we have more pressing pressing issues? We absolutely do have uh, pressing issues, and uh, we can't ignore them. I think we can do more than one thing at a time. Mm. And I think when we really consider the resources that we have uh, within this community, uh, they are significant and we all have uh, some capacity to do more. Mm. We can do that through uh, our churches. We can do that through charitable contributions. We can do that through volunteerism. And I can tell you that many of the people in my life, including me, do all of those things. But this is a particular structure uh, that will allow uh, us to pay a little bit and have the greatest impact going to those who have the least capacity to participate, to come out of isolation and to engage in community and in their neighborhoods. And so we think this is the right mechanism and the right structure to deliver this bigger impact uh, and for those who are the neediest and uh, most isolated, I guess, is the word I keep using. Mm. So that's one way of thinking of that. Uh, We think it's um, uh, well-balanced. It's uh, accountable. It will have an annual audit. It has this advisory board set by city council. It's efficient. I mean... You know, we've been really thoughtful about how we put it together, and part of that has come from 12 years of scratching our heads trying to get it right. Right. Aside from the time it took to just put all of this together, why Mm -hmm. is this important to us now? Well, I think for me, again, it comes back to a unifying uh, weave uh, of who we are in this community. You know, I've... uh, lived in this community. I'm a, I'm a transplant um, from a state that uh, probably most people don't want me to mention. Um, and <laughs> Which one is that? It would be on the West Coast, rather large, and to the South, so, and okay. sunny. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, experience for me, having grown up in the Bay Area, uh, was Bay Area is an absolutely wonderful place to be but very hard to bring the community together in a united fashion and get things done, Mm. Uh, very divided and struggling. And the thing that has always impressed me about Tacoma and what I love about Tacoma and why I have uh, lived here so long is there's an eagerness to make things better. Mm. There's an eagerness to come together and collaborate and partner and dream about, oh, should we build a glass museum? Oh, that's a great idea. Let's build a glass museum. And then what do you know? It actually gets done through hard work and generosity, and it gets done. And the same with an art museum, and the same with a car museum, and the same with a children's museum, and a waterway museum, and the Tacoma Historical Society, and the theater district, and all the great theaters that we have, and on and on and on again. That energy, that almost joyful desire to uh, make uh, the collective life better uh, 
Hmm. is why I think this is important and why I think this is just the most remarkable place to live that I've ever lived and seen. So hmm. I love that. That's nice. <laughs> the idea of adequately funded arts seems like a dream. I, I, it, is this going to pass? Good question. Um, <laughs> you know, we did a uh, we did a poll uh, back in um, uh, February done by Stuart Elway, which is sort of the gold standard of pollsters in Washington State, and um, we asked all of these questions to test. Hey, does this work for you? Yeah. Uh, and we had uh, about sixty two percent yes okay. uh, on it, so that felt pretty good. Um, these days, 62% yes on anything is, uh, seems like a huge victory. Um, and in that, too, we tested, by the way, um, what kind of tax, uh, if we were to do this, uh, would people tolerate? Mm. And uh, the answer, we had two options in the state of Washington. There's really only two options. There's property tax or sales tax. So we asked... Which uh, flavor, chocolate or vanilla for you? Yeah. And they came back in inverted relationships. So 65% yes on sales tax, 65% no on property tax. So we listened to that and we followed that direction from the voters. So um, th that uh, poll is the best read that we have right now. This uh, isn't Chicago, so we're, mm. we're not taking those pre-votes <laughs> and counting them yet. And yeah. Uh, sorry, Chicago. Um, and uh, this isn't uh, selling tickets to seats where we can see what the subscriptions look like, you know. So yeah. um, we're not sure what's going to happen. I can tell you that the opposition uh, uh, against this is uh, modest yeah. and is basically saying we don't like any taxes, so go away. Yeah, We get that. But again, we feel like this tiny tax is delivering service to potentially every citizen who wants to participate. And I don't think I know of a lot of taxes that can make that promise, but that's the way this has been designed, yeah. and that feels pretty good to us. $13 a year seems... Per household. Not right. terrible to me. I know that sales tax is generally a regressive tax. It is. But it is. That's think of the children, people. Yes, the children, the <laughs> that's children. Right. So that's the plan. Um, and we think that with the equity lens that we're challenging uh, nonprofits to up their game on and, and actually have better training funds uh, in this, that's a big boost ahead. We feel good about that. We feel really good about the youth mobility and the transit component because mm -hmm. essentially that is teaching uh, youth to – ride public transit, appreciate public transit, yeah. get in the habit, and move that next generation and uh, along. And vote for it when that. they can. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So we think we're trying to hit on as many pistons as we can in this, yeah. and we, we feel pretty good about it. I'm excited about those after-school programs. I think the ones available at my kids' school are kind of expensive, so it'll right. be interesting yes. to have and these will be other free. options. So that'll wow. be nice. Well, bring us on home. Can you give us the... The pitch for well, Prop 1. We would ask uh, all citizens in Tacoma uh, to vote yes on Prop 1 and uh, help us uh, get this moving along. We feel good that if we can get this done on November 6th, uh, we can uh, get it enacted probably by the summer of 2019 and start to get the service delivery out in neighborhoods and in the schools by next fall. 
uh, and energized with free access to programs all around the city uh, in the second half of 2019. So uh, yes, vote's going to make a difference. And if you're passionate about this, we would invite you to help uh, go on to Facebook and find Tacoma Creates on Facebook, like it, promote it, push it out over social media. As much as I was abusing uh, <laughs> screens and telephones a minute ago, it is a good tool. It's not necessarily the tool for bonding community together. That would be arts, heritage, and science, but it's a good communication tool. So we'd ask everybody to get out and share the good word uh, over social media as well. I thought of more questions. Okay. So if somebody wants more information, they can find that on Facebook. Is there a website to go Tacoma to? TacomaCreates.com, okay. I believe. And Could say be this passes. <laughs> It will pass. Uh -huh. um, then how will how will people get information? How will we know when stuff is happening? Sure. We'll be working uh, with the city of Tacoma in their outlets uh, as well as partnering with the school district, the park district to get the word out um, as well as all of the beneficiary agencies to get the word out. Neighborhood associations will become partners. Business mm -hmm. districts will become partners. So – that's the goal is to activate the whole, what do they say, warp and woof uh, of fabric to uh, stitch us all together. Wow. This sounds really amazing. Everyone vote for it. Thank you. We hope so. <laughs> Please do. Objectivity be damned. Yes, yeah. Not very objective this right. episode, but nope. uh, yay for arts. <laughs> And heritage and science. And heritage and science. Great. <laughs> Thank you for coming hey, today. thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and We Art Tacoma podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. And please consider either an annual or monthly membership. This is Channel 253.